0: Everybody ready? hmm I mean, whatever. <laughs> God damn it, Kane. <sighs> Welcome to Brainworms, the podcast where we try to train Chris into drinking Mountain Dew gamer fuel through his butt. I'm Joe. I'm David. I'm Kane.
1: And I'm fizzy lifting your
0: inks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Once more, for the fourth and final time, we're gonna not Teresa. What? No, no. not that. No, we're gonna continue reading um Ready Player One. And, uh, fuck, I don't know, see where that goes. Ernest Klein, it's the 80s, do a lot of coke, vote for Reagan. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really have a lot to say about it. It's part four of a four-part series. If you don't know, then it's your problem at this point. I'm going to go ahead and jump in the furnace. No, 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 we got to get through this. It's fine. It's the Oasis, y'all.
1: See, listeners, it's, it's not us, it's you. You keep coming back and listening to this.
0: I mean, you're not wrong.
2: It's the only reason we keep doing it.
0: Yeah, if nobody listened, we would probably stop. I'm going to get in the furnace now. No furnace for you.
2: You have not yet been a good enough boy. You have to earn your furnace, mister.
0: Um, what a weird sentence. <laughs> this just turned into a very different conversation.
1: I really want that to become the the next call of a generation, you know, like like generation X and all that, but like the next one is is you know, like earn your furnace.
0: What about the Pepsi generation? They earned their <laughs> furnace. <laughs>
1: all right so i i've got a joke that'll wrap up all of our sentiments and everything yeah
0: i actually have a weird aside when you're done with that 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 conversation kind of made me think of it but go ahead you go first because
1: mine's going to be like the bow on the present it's it's got to be sure me.
0: i realized and this is going to make some of us feel old you know the in beavis and butthead episodes the bits where they would riff on music videos Yeah, yeah a huge chunk of those are lost media now oh no Because when they distributed the episodes on VHS or DVD, obviously they they didn't want to renegotiate with all those record labels to get the rights to the songs. And then, you know, some people had them, you know, where they recorded them off of MTV in the 90s and then re-uploaded them to YouTube. But YouTube's copyright algorithm has struck them. (laughs) So they just don't exist anymore. They're just dead media.
1: Can we have a lawsuit, like a class action lawsuit against YouTube for cultural assassination
0: no it might have to come to that yeah
1: it i'm not gonna put beavis and butthead on a pedestal or anything but that that was that was kind of like an iconic thing of the 90s
0: it does suck that some of those recordings of them riffing on music videos which were very much just of there, like an artifact of of the 90s
1: that's what i mean
0: now i'm feeling zombified but yeah, like they're, they're just gone now, never to be found again. If you're a listener and you have just old Beavis and Butthead VHS tapes that you recorded off of MTV, get a hold of us, baby. Get yeah, a hold get in us. touch with us, please. Don't tell anyone else. Just get in touch with us. We're your friends. You can't trust anyone else. When you say it like that, it sounds sketchy. Oh, um, don't tell anyone else. Just <laughs> come to us. Good news. The video for Alien Sex Fiend, Now I'm Feeling Zombified? exists on youtube yeah a bunch of them do exist there's like a five hour compilation of the ones that have been preserved which i actually might download which really just goes to show how much how many there were yeah
1: yeah all right are we, Are you ready for my closing joke
0: yeah assuming it's funny
1: all right well ready player one more like ready player gone as in gone out to see a better movie
0: thanks for that um uh-huh well, I'm busy listening and watching the Now I Am Feeling Zombified video. Yeah. I'll be back in a minute. Yeah, yeah that's fine. I'm just going to remind the listeners to go to WeGiveYouBrainWorms.com where they can get in touch with us via the shout at me button and see what else we're doing. Also, you can support us on Patreon with your money. And I'm going to remind you that if you're listening on YouTube, leave a comment. The gang of you that leaves comments every episode, we see you and appreciate you. Look, Joe, I just told you I'm trying to watch this video and listen to the song. I'm not stopping you. But you're interrupting me. All right. I was in a zone. There's
2: nothing worse than trying to watch a music video with just some assholes talking
0: over it. Exactly. (laughs) You know, have some fucking respect. All right. (laughs) Fair enough. You brought this up. I, I had to pause the video. Thanks. Now I have to wait until I'm Not done until you're done. Go ahead.
1: Joe. Fuck. You guys think that if they made a noose small enough, I could
0: die by hanging from my dick. I mean, they make nooses for your dick. Yeah. <laughs> That's a product yeah. that you can buy. Yeah.
2: I mean, if you have rope, you can make a
0: noose for too. your dick. Yeah. I mean, no, 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 no. It needs to be the, the floss. The you knot. can make a noose for your yeah. dick. Floss is not going to support my body weight, Kane. Oh yes, it well, will. Oh, you want to suspend would, yourself but... from the dick? Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. He he wants to hang himself by his dick till death. I I see. Depending on how you want to go, I mean, sure, get some thin enough fishing line and just.
0: There is there is a one twelfth wait. There's a one twelfth gallows hangman's noose, like one twelfth size, for fifty dollars on Etsy right now. I think your body weight would just rip your genitals from your body before you yeah i'm pretty sure like
2: regardless if you're trying to suspend yourself from your genitals they're eventually just going to rip right off
0: yeah there's an entire subculture of doing that (laughs) oh i know but there's a whole process of weights and pulleys that has to happen (laughs) i mean mr lifto from the jim jones Circus or Jim Rose sideshow. Oh, yeah, the Jim Rose sideshow. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. The Enigma, I think, is what he ended up becoming. But yeah, he used to use his Opera Davia piercing or whatever the fuck that's called to lift up buckets and people Mm -hmm. just keep adding weight to it. (laughs) The wiener is is fairly stretchy. That's fair. Yeah, it's almost like it's spongy. Yeah. You're not
1: wrong. Flesh has a great tensile strength.
0: If you're staying hydrated, that's right. that's going to be important. You want to make sure, sure you're hydrated. If you're going to stretch your dick to extreme lengths and hang heavy stuff off of it or hang from your dick, you want to make sure you're good and hydrated. It's true. It's true. Now yeah. I'm
1: just picturing a subculture of the incels. There N is cells one. There, where, yeah. oh, where it's... Oh, no, 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 no. a subculture. Why do you of always cells? go
0: back to incels? Has anyone else noticed this? Incels and furries, which are very different. Yeah.
1: We talk about dicks a lot, and that's related. Like, to me, it's like... I, I'm, just, I'm just picturing a subculture of incels are like no one likes me because my penis is too small so then they start contriving these devices to stretch their penis kids you that's can't make not your penis why bigger.
0: anyone dislikes incels yeah i
1: don't know how i that... know that's what, just... that's what they think stuff like that they think like if i get a nice car people will like me
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah. they're obsessed with like bone structure and i see what you're saying yeah can I watch my fucking music video now? Yeah, yeah. Without I mean, interruption. Just... Yeah, I mean David's gonna read a book, so you're gonna have to like work around that. But God damn it! All right, fine, whatever. David, do you want to get into this? <sighs> wait, 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 wait. We're reading a book again? Yeah, we're reading Ready Player One some more. No, no, no. We're ready I'm not, Player no. gone out to lunch. Yeah, let's. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna get in the furnace. I don't. I don't want to read that book again. You can't. It won't function until we've completed the the reading for the Gotta day. earn your furnace, Kane. fucking pepsi generation
2: you're probably wondering what happened before you got here an awful lot of stuff actually (laughs) once we evolved into humans things got pretty interesting
1: i'm sorry just just what happened
0: before you were born
1: oh you know a lot like oh
0: oh like the entire sum of human history
1: and the creation of the universe and the solar like like, stars black holes trillions of like a lot a A lot lot happened
0: a bunch of you you missed some stuff (laughs) just
1: read the summary you'll be caught up
0: read the cliff notes on all of time I think that's what we're getting here, basically. Yeah, I think you're right.
2: We figured out how to grow food and domesticate animals so we didn't have to spend all of our time hunting. Our tribes got much bigger, and we spread across the entire planet like an unstoppable virus.
1: And we had so much time, so we made World of Warcraft.
2: <laughs> then, after fighting a bunch of wars with each other over land, resources, and our made-up gods, we eventually got all of our tribes organized into a global civilization.
0: Wow. Well...
2: But honestly... It wasn't all that organized, or civilized, and we continued to fight a lot of wars with each other. But we also figured out how to do science, which helped us develop technology. For a bunch of hairless apes, we've actually managed to invent some pretty incredible things. Computers, medicine, lasers, microwave ovens, artificial hearts, atomic bombs...
0: They blinded me with science. I
1: don't know if this is just because we just mentioned it, but this feels like I'm having human history described to me by a Rick and Morty fan.
0: Yeah. (laughs) By an intellectual who is just contemptuous of you. We even sent a few guys to the moon and
2: brought them back. We also created a global communications network that lets us all talk to each other all around the world all the time.
0: We also invented fursuits.
2: (laughs) But that's where the bad news comes in. Our global civilization came at a huge cost. We needed a whole bunch of energy to build it, and we got that energy by burning fossil fuels, which came from dead plants and animals buried deep in the ground. It turns out that burning all of those fossil fuels had some nasty side effects like raising the temperature of the planet and screwing up the environment. So now the polar ice caps are melting, sea levels are rising, and the weather is all messed up. Plants and animals are dying off in record numbers, and lots of people are starving and homeless, and we're still fighting wars with each other, mostly over the few resources we have left.
1: That's exactly what I would expect a Rick and Morty fan to say. Like, oh yeah, global warming? The, the weather's all messed up. I oh, mean, that's, like...
2: that's factually true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Chris, this is just actually I know,
1: it's just... that. That's what a Rick and Morty fan is, though. Like, facts wielded in the most perfunctory and clumsy way possible.
0: I love seeing the world through the lens that Chris sees it (laughs) (laughs) through the window that he stares out of, like never actually engaging the world. (laughs) He just sees it from a distance Mm -hmm. and then reads about it. Right. So he'll like have a vague idea of what's going on out there. He'll read some stuff on on it on the internet. And then his entire opinion is based off of those two (laughs) specific interactions. But no, Chris, please continue telling us what you know of the world.
2: <laughs> Basically, kid, what this all means is that life is a lot tougher than it used to be. In the good old days, back before you were born, things used to be awesome.
0: Because you are here now. now, they're kind of terrifying. <laughs> things used to be awesome, but then you existed. <laughs> uh, that's what my mom used to say. Used to? We don't talk anymore oh okay
1: i used to walk uphill to school both ways
0: what it's another example of chris heard anecdotal stories of people telling that story it's it's very fun to watch just (laughs) let it let him go oh man
1: do you think people who have cleft chins have ever taken coins and tried to like
0: pinch it in their chin and hold it there yes i do given people's immense willingness to put random stuff in their butt yeah probably Is it ever really random? I mean, I guess not for them, but from the outside looking in, it seems random. I don't know. I mean,
2: what if you just really need something in your butt and you just grab whatever happens to be at hand? Sure. And then you end up with a squid in your anus.
0: I feel like that's something you should be critical about. Like, I'm going to insert this into a bodily orifice that I own. (laughs)
1: I'm going to put an umbrella in my butt and then open it. Nothing bad can happen from this.
0: Wait,
2: I mean... Has that happened? Right here at hand, I've got... Choices of screwdriver, kazoo, or cactus.
1: (laughs) Do the kazoo, it'll make your farts sound
0: hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do the cactus, that's that's a bad time.
2: Yeah, that sounds like a a poor choice. Yeah. Cactus. Cactus.
1: (laughs) Do do you think that there are surgeons that are, like, specialized in removing things from people's butts?
2: I don't think it's a specialty, but I think it happens way more often than any surgeon wants to think about.
1: It should be a field of itself.
2: I mean, the problem with that is that it's going to happen everywhere all the time. And when you have specialists, they're going to be located in particular places. You can't, like, airlift someone to Phoenix because they stuck a light bulb up their ass in Seattle.
0: Yeah, that's something a GP is going to want to learn how to handle.
1: I saw that episode of Scrubs, too. That's a good
2: episode. I wasn't actually referencing something but okay cool yeah.
1: oh there's an episode where a kid comes in with a light bulb and his butt and dr ah. has the great line of well, this kid either has a light bulb up his butt or his colon has a great idea
2: <sighs> thank you for taking the time to share that with us <laughs> things used to be awesome but now they're kind of terrifying to be honest the future doesn't look too bright you were born at a pretty crappy time in history and it looks like things are only going to get worse from here on out. Ernest Klein's getting real. Human civilization is in decline. Yeah, I think that answers the question of whether or not this is self-aware.
0: Uh, yes and no. He does seem more aware of the problem than I expected, but he doesn't really seem to be taking account for root causes or solutions.
2: Sure, but the whole, like, idea that, He's aware that people are always looking back at the good old days. Oh, oh. yeah, that's
1: true.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: Yeah. I, I smell where you're standing in now.
0: But that is a very sort of edgy, nihilist, Colton Caulfield-ass take.
1: Was Colton Caulfield a Rick and Morty fan?
2: Yes. Yes, he was. He was definitely a Rick and Morty fan. He, was, he had every episode. He had a Pickle Rick tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid
0: piss if, clown.
1: If you could, like, take a chunk of cloud... And eat it? What do you think it would taste like?
0: Water. David, will you go back to the book, please?
1: (laughs) You're
2: probably wondering what's going to happen to you. That's easy. The same thing is going to happen to you that has happened to every other human being who has ever lived. You're going to die. What happens when you die? Well, we're not completely sure. But the evidence seems to suggest that nothing happens. Your brain stops working, and then you're not around to ask annoying questions anymore. (laughs)
1: Those stories you
2: heard about going to a wonderful place called heaven where there is no more pain or death and you live forever in a state of perpetual happiness. Also total bullshit.
0: This is very entry level, edgy, smart boy nihilist. Yeah. Well, I mean the character in question
2: is like seventeen or eighteen. So think about the conversations you were having at that age.
0: Yeah, I I kind of forgot because I'm so used to listening to these books and using them as a platform to judge the author. Right. And I kind of forgot that there was a character in between the two of us. <laughs> so that's that's valid.
1: Well, like Joe, I don't know if it's so much that you forgot about it as it is that the book just is not presenting it well.
2: I mean, I don't know about that. This entire thing, the entire section that I've been reading right now it's the narrator. is all literally the narrator of yeah. the book talking about his trust issues and sure. how he kind of came to terms with the fact that everything that he knew about when he was a kid was, right. a, was a lie. So it's, I mean, yeah, sure, there's probably some of Ernest Cline.
1: Well, there's that in every
2: story. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't help having the author in the story. Right. It came from a person's viewpoint, that person's right. viewpoint is going to flavor it.
1: Right, it's just, I've read books.
0: No, you haven't. Lies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like the Tiffany Aching of Discworld. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of her thoughts like it feels like it's coming from her mm. and not Terry Pratchett. Although Terry Pratchett does get preachy in other books, but whatever. I, I just... I know that factually this is coming from the character in the book. It just feels like a very flimsy poster of like, this is the character, but it's the author behind it shouting through it.
0: Yeah. I feel like I'm being preached at directly by the author, but David's point is valid that this could just be the character. It's I can't, I can't say for sure.
2: Also, this is probably all leading right up to him. Yeah. Okay. So everything's a lie. And, uh, the world is a dark and terrible place and that you just go into emptiness and blackness when you die. There is no God. There is no heaven. All of it's made up and people are just terrible. Mm -hmm. But there is this other world that you can escape to.
0: And most likely, if I had to guess based on literary conventions by the end of this book through the power of friendship he's going to learn how to be a little more optimistic and hopeful
1: or you could just watch blade runner
0: you could but
2: you could always just watch blade runner it's true it's it's always an option
0: it's always on the table (laughs) i love that movie it's a good movie
2: so now you have to live the rest of your life knowing you're going to die someday and disappear forever I discovered all of that gradually over several years, and it still made me feel like jumping off of a bridge. Luckily, I had access to the Oasis. There we go. The Oasis is the setting of all of my happiest childhood memories. When my mom didn't have to work, we would log in at the same time and play games or go on interactive storybook adventures together. She used to have to force me to log out every night. I never blamed my mom for the way things were. She was a victim of fate and cruel circumstance like everyone else. She was depressed all the time, and taking drugs seemed to be the only thing she truly enjoyed. Of course, they were eventually what killed her. That was when I had to move in with my mom's sister, Alice. Aunt Alice didn't take me in out of kindness or familial responsibility. She did it to get the extra food vouchers from the government every month.
0: And she didn't give me any.
2: (laughs) Most of the time, I had to find food on my own. Oh shit. Oh my
1: god, I just thought of a potentially terrible way to die. You take a, a glass box put it on someone's head fill it with water and as they're drowning set their body on fire
0: yeah that sounds pretty awful <laughs> what is your brain today
1: <laughs> I, I just i just i want to hear the jigsaw speech for that now i would play a game you're you always in two minds about everything and now your body will be of two levels of pain
0: i would just smash the glass box and i it does seem like a fix out. yeah yeah using the water that was also in the box yeah yeah chris were you around and you might not remember when for like a week on on xbox live i just thought it was really funny to be the jigsaw killer (laughs) (laughs) that does
1: sound familiar i think that's that's when i was drinking a lot Oh yeah
0: i got really hung up on that bit for a little while i'm sorry go ahead
1: was that when you got the pig mask in red dead or was that in gta 5
0: uh the the pig mask was in gta but and bit. it was during the, the, the GTA happened. when we when we when I was doing that <laughs> but but it wasn't inspired by it. it was just a thing I decided to do one day and then didn't stop doing i remember when all of us were running around with pig masks and pink cars yeah that was your thing that you got the rest of us to do yeah
1: <laughs> joe do you remember that time on um, great like christmas you got us to dress up as like hot dog vendors I and mean, we got in the hot dog van oh yeah that
2: was fun most of the time i had to find food on my own this usually wasn't a problem because i had a talent for finding and fixing old computers and busted oasis consoles which i sold to pawn shops or traded for food vouchers i earned enough to keep from going hungry which was more than a lot of my neighbors could say the year after my mom died I spent a lot of time wallowing in self-pity and despair.
0: I decided to make a podcast.
2: (laughs) For the last five years, the hunt had given me a goal and purpose. A quest to fulfill. A reason to get up in the morning. Something to look forward
0: to. I wish I had one of those.
2: The moment I began searching for the egg, the future no longer seemed so bleak. Yeah, I need an egg.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Have you tried your butt? Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Butts. You don't want to
2: insert an egg into your butt. I mean, that's a terrible idea. You're never going to get it back out of there.
0: I mean, you might want to. You just clench really tight and crush it. (laughs) Can you imagine how much
1: easier and more convenient shitting would be if we did it in eggs? explain to me how that would be easier and more convenient because you don't have to wipe it's just like you have the poop in your butt
2: just the poop is calcified and inside of a shell that just like plops
0: down and then you just it's like coated in a layer of mucus so it just slides out
1: yeah and it wouldn't smell like shit it would just smell like butt mucus
0: shit you're right all right okay I wish I pooped eggs. Um, Chris, I have a question. Yeah. The kind of thoughts that you have when we're hanging out and we're recording this podcast, yeah. are they the thoughts you have all the time? Kind of. <laughs> oh, I wish I it's, had a thought balloon over your head.
1: It's more pronounced when I have other people saying things that sure. inject ideas into my head. But, but yeah, that's kind of my life. All right. That's
2: cool. I was halfway through the fourth episode of my Family Ties mini-marathon when the laundry room door creaked open
1: and my Aunt Alice
2: walked in, a malnourished harpy in a housecoat clutching a basket of dirty clothes. She looked more lucid than usual, which was bad news. She was much easier to deal with when she was high. She glanced over at me with the usual look of disdain and started to load her clothes into the washer. Then her expression changed, and she peeked around the dryer to get a better look at me. Her eyes went wide when she spotted my laptop. I quickly closed it and began to shove it into my backpack, but I knew it was already too late. Hand it over, Wade, she ordered, reaching for the laptop. I can pawn it to help pay our rent.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: No, I shouted, twisting away from her. Come on, Aunt Alice. I need it for school. What you need is to show some gratitude, she barked. Everyone else around here has to pay rent. I'm tired of you leeching off of me. You keep all of my food vouchers. That more than covers my share of the rent. Stop gaslighting me. (laughs) Yeah. She tried again to grab the laptop out of my hands, but I refused to let go of it. So she turned and stomped back to her room. I knew what was coming next. So I quickly entered a command on my laptop that locked its keyboard and erased the hard drive. Aunt Alice returned a few seconds later with her boyfriend, Rick, who was still half asleep. Rick was perpetually shirtless because he liked to show off his impressive collection of prison tattoos. Without saying a word, he walked over and raised a fist at me threateningly.
0: I wish I had an impressive collection of prison tattoos. There's one way to get that. You're not right. (laughs) I know how you can acquire those, (laughs) Jeff. I flinched
2: and handed over the laptop. Then he and Aunt Alice walked out, already discussing how much the computer might fetch at a pawn shop. Losing the laptop wasn't a big deal. I had two spares stowed in my hideout,
1: but But they weren't nearly as fast,
2: and I would have to reload all of my media onto them from backup drives, a total pain in the ass.
1: Wait, then why not just give your aunt the backup?
2: Because it wasn't there. Yeah, it
1: wasn't, yeah.
2: But it was my own fault. I knew the risk of bringing anything of value back here. The dark blue light of dawn was starting to creep in through the laundry room window. I decided it might be a good idea to leave for school a little early today. I dressed as quickly and quietly as possible, pulling on the worn corduroys, baggy sweater, and oversized coat that comprised my entire winter wardrobe. Then I put on my backpack and climbed up onto the washing machine. After pulling on my gloves, I slid open the frost-covered window. The arctic morning air stung my cheeks as I gazed out over the uneven sea of trailer rooftops. My aunt's trailer was the top unit in a stack 22 mobile homes high, Making it a level or two taller than the majority of the stacks immediately surrounding it. The trailers on the bottom level rested on the ground, or on their original concrete foundations, but the units stacked above them were suspended on a reinforced modular scaffold, a haphazard latticework that had been constructed piecemeal over the years. We lived in the Portland Avenue stacks, a sprawling hive of discolored tin shoeboxes rusting also, on the shores of I-40. Yeah. <laughs> Just west of Oklahoma City's decaying skyscraper core, the spires of a dozen ancient construction cranes used to do the actual stacking were positioned around the stack's ever expanding outer perimeter. I wasn't expecting
0: there to be this much world building. <laughs> I kind of like
2: it. Like, it's interesting. The, yeah. the whole concept of this, like, it's very visually interesting. Yeah,
0: I'm not mad at what's happening mm. right now. The top
2: level, or roof, of the stacks was blanketed with a patchwork array of old solar panels that provided supplemental power to the units below. A bundle of hoses and corrugated tubing snaked up and down the side of each stack, supplying water to each trailer, and carrying away sewage, luxuries not available in some of the other stacks scattered around the city.
1: I'm glad that I'm not the only person that says roof.
0: Stop pointing out the way David says words. It's gonna just turn into a whole thing.
1: Well, like, you don't say... Let's cook dinner or look at that. I get shit for saying roof. Well. That's what the two O's mean. Cook. Look. roof,
2: Muss. It's
1: all down uh,
2: to the declension of the word. But
0: language is made up.
2: It's true. Language is made up. And as long as you can be understood by the person who is hearing you or yeah. reading you, it doesn't matter.
0: Well, butts
1: are made up. That's what? not no, true. Butts, butts are real.
2: Yeah. Butts are very real.
1: And that's what they want you to think. Wake up, sheeple. I have no butt, but I must pound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David, stop earning joke of the show.
0: <laughs> I stole that one. Yeah, that was, that's actually one of the newer Chuck Tingle books. Yep. <laughs>
1: that is amazing.
0: I love Chuck Tingle so much. We don't deserve him. It's true.
2: <laughs> Very little sunlight made it to the bottom level, known as the floor. The dark, narrow strips of ground between the stacks were clogged with the skeletons of abandoned cars and trucks. And just their skeletons. gas tanks emptied and their exit routes blocked off long ago. One of our neighbors, Mr. Miller, once explained to me that trailer parks like ours had originally consisted of a few dozen mobile homes arranged in neat rows on the ground. But after the oil crash and the onset of the energy crisis, large cities had been flooded with refugees from surrounding suburban and rural areas resulting in a massive urban housing shortage. Real estate within walking distance of a big city became far too valuable to waste on a flat plane of mobile homes, so someone had cooked up the brilliant idea of, as Mr. Miller put it, stacking the sum bitches to maximize the use of ground space. The idea caught on in a big way, and trailer parks across the country had quickly evolved into stacks like this one. Strange hybrids of shantytowns, squatter settlements, and refugee camps.
0: I wish the book had spent less words on nothing matters and we're all going to die and gotten to this faster.
2: Let me actually point out that the book didn't spend all that much time on that. <laughs> we we just hmm. spent a lot of time on <laughs> that. Fair. Because every three words, you all had to break <laughs> in about how this was terrible and you just couldn't handle it anymore.
1: <laughs> I think David likes this book to in some degree
2: i do actually and again i've read it before so i know where it's going right
1: and doesn't like how we're admonishing it
2: (laughs) (laughs) no no i mean it's fine like you you make some valid criticisms (laughs) and some valid points
1: but knowing where it's going i can imagine it's very eye-rolling for you
2: (laughs) i mean i not to devolve into it too much but it's kind of a standard thing on this show in general that you guys sort of pro forma decide that a book is terrible because it hasn't gotten to the end of the book by the first paragraph
0: yeah that is a thing that we tend to do (laughs) like why is this book spending so much time establishing itself when really it's just chris has been talking about his butt for 12 (laughs) minutes and we haven't actually gotten that far
2: sure yeah Which is probably more interesting for the listeners, to be fair. (laughs) The books are just something that we fuck around with so that we can have bullshit
1: conversations. You can buy an audiobook.
0: About Chris's butt?
1: Yeah. I should write a book about my butt. Also, we live in a world (laughs) where... We We live in a society. We live in a world where a podcast about reading books that doesn't read books is being, like god why why just why everything
0: nothing matters art is a lie you're all gonna die come watch tv
2: that was a rick and morty
0: quote we're gonna have a tv party tonight
2: ah shit they were now scattered around the outskirts of most major cities each one overflowing with uprooted rednecks like my parents who desperate for work food electricity and reliable oasis access had fled their dying small towns and had used the last of their gasoline or their beasts of burden to haul their families, RVs, and trailer homes to the nearest metropolis.
0: Am I the only one that just thinks of the 90s band every time they say Oasis? Is that a me problem? No. That's definitely a you problem. Or maybe a you and David problem.
2: Yeah, I mean, not every time, (laughs) but I I definitely get where you're coming from. Mm. These stacks are kind of a wonder wall nice oh yeah yeah i feel proud of that one also this part of the book is basically just the grapes of wrath yeah yeah every stack in our park stood at least 15 mobile homes high with the occasional rv shipping container airstream trailer or vw microbus mixed in for variety in recent years many of the stacks had grown to a height of 20 units or more this made a lot of people nervous stack collapses weren't that uncommon and if the scaffold supports buckled at the wrong angle, the domino effect could bring down four <laughs> or five of the neighboring stacks too. What is funny about what that? What the
0: hell are you cackling about?
2: I'm genuinely <laughs> curious what about that was funny?
0: It's <laughs> the idea
1: of like like, oh man, we gotta we gotta build these buildings high up because we have too many people oh no the tragedy the buildings are falling down and the people whose lives are terrible and and overvalued because there are so many are dying what a tragedy
0: i mean that sounds about right yeah yeah i
2: mean that's it's the thing about this is that it is all too fucking likely
0: the the short-term solution creating new problems is history
1: yeah that's (laughs) that's <laughs> yeah no i i wasn't laughing at it it, it was just so poignant right and that description and the domino effect
0: right that's just funny
1: <laughs> i may be wrong but i think skyscrapers were designed to like crumble in like down as,
0: as i have the no idea
2: i mean skyscrapers a lot of them yeah they're they're designed so that if they do fall they fall onto themselves like they don't tumble over; they're just going to collapse down, right? <laughs> but these are not skyscrapers. Oh yeah, these no, no, are I, I, cobbled together stacks of trailers.
1: <laughs> I wasn't comparing that. I was just I was making the note just in case anyone was worried about that happening in real life. Right, right.
2: Now, our trailer was near the northern edge of the stacks, which ran up to a crumbling highway overpass. From my vantage point at the laundry room window, I could see a thin stream of electric vehicles crawling along the cracked asphalt carrying goods and workers into the city.
0: he said cracked ass. As
2: I stared out at the grim skyline, a bright sliver of the sun peeked over the horizon. I slipped out the window as quietly as possible and, clutching the bottom of the window frame, slid down the cold surface of the trailer's metal siding. The steel platform on which the trailer rested was only slightly wider and longer than the trailer itself, leaving a ledge about a foot and a half wide all the way round. I carefully lowered myself until my feet rested on this ledge, then reached up to close the window behind me. I grabbed hold of a rope I'd strung there at waist level to serve as a handhold and began to sidestep along the ledge to the corner of the platform. From there, I was able to descend the ladder-like frame of the scaffolding. I almost always took this route when leaving or returning to my aunt's trailer. You know, it's funny that Hmm. uh, his real life is a platformer.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong.
2: That's gotta be intentional, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A rickety metal staircase was bolted to the side of the stack, but it shook and knocked against the scaffolding, so I couldn't use it without announcing my presence. Bad news. In the stacks, it was best to avoid being heard or seen, whenever possible. There were often dangerous and desperate people about, the sort who would rob you rape you and then sell your organs on the black market
0: if you're lucky they do it in that order right
2: descending the network of metal girders had always reminded me of old platform video games like donkey kong oh, or burger kind yeah I, I guess you have to point it out
0: mm.
1: it was so much nicer when it was just something that you picked up on well at least david i didn't pick up on it
2: as i climbed down i paused next to the airstream trailer three units below ours where my friend Mrs. Gilmore lived. She was a sweet old lady in her mid-seventies, and she always seemed to get up ridiculously early. I peeked in her window and saw her shuffling around in her kitchen, making breakfast. She spotted me after a few seconds, and her eyes lit up. I want some breakfast. Wade, she said, cracking open her window. Good morning, my dear boy. Morning, Mrs. G, I said. I hope I didn't startle you. Not at all, she said. She pulled her robe tight against the draft coming in the window. It's freezing out there. Why don't you come in and have some breakfast? I've got some soy bacon. And these powdered eggs aren't too bad if you put enough salt on them. (laughs) They taste like salt. (laughs) Thanks, but I can't this morning, Mrs. G. I have to get to school. All right. Rain check, then. She blew me a kiss and started to close the window. Try not to break your neck climbing around out there, okay, Spider-Man? Will do. See you later, Mrs. G. I waved goodbye to her and continued my descent.
1: And, like, the camera goes back into her room and there's just dead people that she's serving tea to.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. G was super religious and spent most of her time in the Oasis, sitting in the congregation of one of those big online megachurches, singing hymns, listening to sermons, and taking virtual tours of the Holy Land. I fixed her ancient Oasis console whenever it went on the fritz, and in return... She answered my endless questions about what it had been like for her to grow up during the 1980s. She knew the coolest bits of 80s trivia, stuff you couldn't learn from books or movies. She was always praying for me, too, trying her hardest to save my soul. I never had the heart to tell her her that I thought organized religion was a total crock. (laughs) (laughs) It was a pleasant fantasy that gave her hope and kept her going, which was exactly what the hunt was for
1: me. Do you think that this... Book is drawing a comparison between a virtual world and religion? I think
0: it might be. Hmm.
1: I think that
2: subtext might be there a (laughs) little bit. Hmm.
1: I might be reaching. You know, (laughs) you you might might be overthinking. With that weird brain of mine. Yeah.
2: (laughs) To quote the almanac, people who live in glass houses should shut the fuck up. What? What the fuck? When I reached the bottom level, I jumped off the scaffold and dropped the few remaining feet to the ground. My rubber boots crunched into the slush and frozen mud. It was still pretty dark down here, so I took out my flashlight and headed east.
1: Guys, if, if we make rubber boots to protect our feet from the road, why don't we just make the roads out of rubber?
0: We wouldn't need boots then. We should make the roads out of solar panels.
1: Oh yeah, solar roads. Yeah. Wasn't that idea, Bot? Didn't you guys tell me that, that that idea got bought out? Pretty sure
2: that is an actual thing that people were working oh, yeah, on, it was but a they thing. found that... Uh,
1: there was a lot of potential to it. They did, uh, yeah. did durability tests, and it was like... I think it was either as good or better than asphalt.
2: The problem is that the solar panels lose efficiency as people are driving over them, and you have to tear up and replace them, and it becomes more expensive than mm-hmm. uh, replacing asphalt. Yeah, That
1: makes sense. Uh, I thought the cost was the same
2: yeah but you have to replacing a pothole and replacing an entire section of road right. because it's no longer functional solar panels
0: if only we could allocate <sighs> funds from somewhere yeah, if, if, if only there were
2: money
1: well think about the economic cost of throttling down a major highway from you know, for doing potholes or you can just pick up a panel and put down another one and then let traffic resume.
2: I mean, I kind of like the Dutch model. I think this is in the Netherlands, where they always have good ideas they, about they infrastructure. They have a heavy biking culture, right? Like a lot of people bicycle there. Mm. So they have their roads separated, and the bike lanes are in the median, you know, between the two opposite facing lanes. And over the bike lane are shelters to keep them out of the rain that also have solar panels on top to provide energy for the streetlights on the side of the road.
1: That seems like a really good compromise.
2: Yeah, that's pretty clever.
1: I wonder if if we could do that without severely stressing the economy.
2: If by severely stressing the economy, you mean making rich people pay more? No. (laughs) It was still pretty dark down here, so I took out my flashlight and headed east weaving my way through the dark maze, doing my best to remain unseen while being careful to avoid tripping over a shopping cart, engine block, or one of the other pieces of junk littering the narrow alleys between the stacks. After walking about half a mile, I reached a giant mound of old cars and trucks piled haphazardly along the stack's eastern perimeter. Decades ago, the cranes had cleared the park of as many abandoned vehicles as possible to make room for even more stacks, and they dumped them in huge piles like this one all around the settlement's perimeter. Many of them were nearly as tall as the stacks themselves. I walked to the edge of the pile, and after a quick glance around to make sure I wasn't being watched or followed, I turned sideways to squeeze through a gap between two crushed cars. From there, I ducked, clambered, and sidestepped my way farther and farther into the ramshackle mountain of twisted metal, until I reached a small open space at the rear of a buried cargo van. I pulled out a chain I kept around my neck, on which there hung a single key. In a stroke of luck, this key had still been hanging from the van's ignition when I'd first discovered it. Many of these vehicles had been in working condition when they were abandoned. Their owners had simply no longer been able to afford fuel for them, so they'd just parked them and walked away. Makes sense. Meh. I pocketed my flashlight and unlocked the van's rear right door. It opened about a foot and a half, giving me just enough room to squeeze inside. The crumpled green roof of a compact car covered the crushed opening where the windshield had been, but the damage to the fan's front end didn't <laughs> extend beyond the cab. The rest of the interior remained intact. This was my hideout. Thanks. Cool. Good to know. What? I'd discover it four years earlier, while searching for discarded computer parts. When I first opened the door and gazed into the van's darkened interior, I knew right away that I'd found something of immeasurable value. Privacy. This was a place no one else knew about, where I wouldn't have to worry about getting hassled or slapped around by my aunt or whatever loser she was currently dating.
0: I don't hate this world building.
2: I could keep my things here without worrying they'd be stolen, and most important, it was a place where I could access the oasis in peace. The van was my refuge, my bat cave, my fortress of solitude.
0: It was a private place to masturbate. (laughs) Damn straight. It was where I attended
2: school, did my homework, read books, watched movies, and played video games. It was also where I conducted my ongoing quest to find Halliday's Easter egg. I'd covered the walls, floor, and ceiling with styrofoam egg cartons and pieces of carpeting in an effort to soundproof the van as much as possible.
1: So no one could hear me screaming while I masturbate.
2: (laughs) Several cardboard boxes of busted laptops and computer parts sat in the corner next to a rack of old car batteries and a modified exercise bike I'd rigged up as a recharger. The only furniture was a folding lawn chair. I dropped my backpack, shrugged off my coat, and hopped on the exercise bike. Charging the batteries was usually the only physical exercise I got each day. Unless you count climbing down a fucking 20-story stack and walking half a mile. Right. I pedaled until the meter said the batteries had a full charge, then sat down in my chair and switched on the small electric heater I kept beside it. I pulled off my gloves and rubbed my hands in front of the filaments as they began to glow bright orange. I couldn't leave the heater on for very long, or it would drain the batteries. I opened the rat-proof metal box where I kept my food cache, and took out some bottled water and a packet of powdered milk. (laughs) I
0: opened up my
1: rat-proof food box to get my fried rat out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mixed these together in a bowl, and then dumped in a generous serving of Fruit Rock cereal. Dude, you put your milk in first? (laughs) Fucking weirdo. This
1: book has
0: lost me. That's almost as bad as eating dry cereal and then drinking your milk. Wait, what? That's just madness right there. I mean, I like, I get like eating dry cereal just as a snack, but... No, 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 you take the dry cereal, you crunch that, chew it up, and then you have a straw and a cup of milk. No, no, a
1: bowl of milk to make
0: it even more weird. Who's telling the story, Chris? Yeah, <laughs> I'm fucking telling the story. <laughs>
1: uh, I'm sorry, is this not a cooperative effort? Shut the fuck up. It's not, all right? <laughs> Fine. Were you listening I'll to the dude's story, Donnie? Thanks.
0: You have a bowl <laughs> of cereal... You take some of the cereal out into your mouth, start crunching it up, yeah. and then you wash it down with milk like psychopaths. Do you know someone that that ate cereal? this? Like, you've really personalized this. Like, you've experienced <laughs> someone doing it. Yeah, it traumatized you for a Or are you just getting mad at something you've made up? Uh, no. Have you ever seen the movie Get Out? No, actually.
1: I think I did. Wait, what was yeah. that one about?
0: Racism. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did see that. It wasn't just about. It was a fucking horror movie Right, it's on my (laughs) list of movies I need to see. I just it's a scary fucking horror movie, right? That also made white people really uncomfortable. Sure, sure. I I was just glad that it
1: was as good as it. Like I know that key and Peele are very funny comedians, so I was skeptical of. Well, I'm going to try and do something different then.
0: Oh, Jordan Peele's horror chops. Yeah, yeah. His horror chops. (laughs) I was very pleasantly (laughs) surprised
1: by that movie. But
0: no. That was one of the key elements in the movie that let you know, and I've ruined that for you, but that let you know that this, this one particular character is just completely fucked up. Right. Is they focus in on this character eating dry cereal and then drinking milk. Sure. That's really what sold it to. It's what's, I mean, I already knew that this character was fucked up. But watching that take place was like, all right, that's it. There's no mm. going back. This is the worst of the worst. <laughs> yeah,
2: there's, there's something wrong with that person. Eesh.
1: Hey, Joe, remember that time we watched that Cheyenne Milan movie about weird old people?
2: No. I don't think that was me. I opened the rat-proof metal box where I kept my food cash and took out some bottled water and a packet of powdered milk. I mixed these together in a bowl, then dumped in a generous serving of fruit rock cereal. Once I'd wolfed it down, I retrieved an old plastic Star Trek lunchbox I kept hidden under the van's crushed dashboard. Nice. I do want to point out, I think it's interesting that he calls it Fruit Rocks because apparently he couldn't get Fruity Pebbles. Yeah. As a brand, like, Star Trek is fine. You can name drop that. You can name drop all sorts of shit.
0: Mm. That could be by design that it's like store brand Fruity Pebbles. That could be, yeah. I don't know. It is the season to be sharing.
1: I like to think that it's just like, <laughs> No, that would ruin the authenticity of our fruity pebbles. <laughs> you
0: cannot refer to them in your dystopian book. But yeah, it's not beyond belief that Kellogg's or General Mills or whoever the fuck Post. were the one corporation that, like, no, you can't reference our product in your book. Right. Once I'd wolfed it down, I
2: retrieved an old plastic Star Trek lunchbox I kept hidden under the van's crushed dashboard. Inside were my school issued Oasis console, haptic gloves, and visor. These items were, by far, the most valuable things I owned. Far too valuable to carry around with me. I pulled on my elastic haptic gloves and flexed my fingers to make sure none of the joints was sticking. Then I grabbed my Oasis console, a flat black rectangle about the size of a paperback book. It had a wireless network antenna built into it, but the reception inside the van was for shit since it was buried under a huge mound of dense metal. So I'd rigged up an external antenna and mounted it on the hood of the car at the top of the junk pile. The antenna cable snaked up through a hole I'd punched in the van's ceiling. I plugged it into a port on the side of the console, then slipped on my visor.
1: And turned on the power, which sent electricity through wires.
2: It fit snugly around my eyes like a pair of swimmer's goggles, blocking out all external light. Small earbuds extended from the visor's temples, and automatically plugged themselves into my ears.
1: Really hard. I always hate how hard they plug themselves in.
0: The weird thing is that they were always moist. (laughs) That is weird, yeah. Like a tongue. (laughs) (laughs) The visor
2: also housed two built-in stereo voice microphones to pick up everything I said. I powered on the console and initiated the login sequence. I saw a brief flash of red as the visor scanned my retinas. Then I cleared my throat and said my login passphrase, being careful to enunciate. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Xur and the Kodan
1: Armada. This sounds like the most lame video game ever. (laughs) Last Starfighter, yo. It's a great
2: movie. Mm. Check Mm. it out.
1: I've heard it's a good movie. (laughs) My passphrase was
2: also verified, along with my voice pattern, and then I was logged in. The following text appeared, superimposed in the center of my virtual display. Identity verification successful. Welcome to the OASIS, Parzival. Login completed. 75321-OST 2.10.2045 As the text faded away, it was replaced by a short message, just three words long. This message had been embedded in the login sequence by James Halliday himself when he'd first programmed the OASIS as an homage to the simulation's direct ancestors, the coin-operated video games of his youth.
0: Also, the coin-operated boy of his youth.
1: Say reticulating splines. Say it.
2: These three words were always the last thing an Oasis user saw before leaving the real world and entering the virtual one. Please Ready, kill me. player, one. <sighs> I like it when the book says the name of the book inside of the book.
0: Oh, yeah. It's fine. All right, so can I climb in the furnace now or what's... Yeah, I mean, you can do whatever you want. Do you have any parting thoughts about Ready Player One? Not really. No. I don't actually dislike or like the book. It's just... I'm a little sad that we didn't get into the Matrix, but whatever. Yeah,
2: the rest of the book takes place pretty much a lot of it inside of the oasis mm. i think this book is worth a read sure
0: yeah if anything yeah we we left it open-ended yeah, yeah. because it, it's not quite the terrible schlock that we often read on this show sure
2: is it great nah i don't think so
1: right but what you're saying is is that it's worth the time putting into reading it i would
2: say so yeah
1: which is kind of and this is not an admonishment of the book, but that is the bare minimum that most media should hit. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just, and I'm, just and again, I'm not time. saying that as an admonishment.
0: Right. right. And honestly, if you're listening to this, then your time <laughs> might not be that valuable. Like, I don't want to assume anything, but listening to the audiobook of Ready Player One is at least as good a use of your time as listening to this. <laughs> and
1: real quick, I do have a parting thought. Yeah. One of the reasons why I'm as derisive for the cynical diatribe that we went on when introducing us to the psychology of this character. Mm-hmm. I feel like that could have been more powerfully and simply illustrated showing how he had to deal with his mother before she died. And I want you to imagine that you're a teenager, okay? Okay. And you're just you're you're discovering what sex is, right? Uh-huh. And then you are in this situation where you are forced to consistently
0: nightly. how much of yourself is this metaphor chris
1: <laughs> that's a question for freud we'll have to leave it to him tweet us freud we'd like to have you on the podcast sometime <laughs> what the fuck
0: <laughs> yeah if we could get him all right i'm i'm going to go ahead and uh i'm going to get in the furnace
1: well i mean you you do you i just want to finish this point yeah, yeah, yeah but like think about how like you would have to be to, to become cynical to survive mm-hmm. in a setting where Your mom, one of the only good things in your life, and you're forced to put earplugs in to stop hearing strangers exploit her sexually. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's all you need to say, this kid is cynical, he has no room for like this weird religion or whatever yeah, stuff
0: I, I do feel like they could have shown and not told a little bit of that yeah i mean honestly i think
2: chris makes a good point that you know at the end of the day just expressing that and then having him contrast with the neighbor mm-hmm. you know oh she's a religious person she spends a lot of time there was a little bit of a uh like Ernest Klein is going to step up on his soapbox here real quick yeah. and talk to us yeah, I about felt like how I was being preached at. you people and your illusions are all just silly and mm-hmm. atheism people. Come on, right? use logic and escape into video games, which is basically like every third guy that you run into,
0: every, oh, yeah. every
1: third white man with a beard.
0: That's all of Reddit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, we're going to get comments.
1: <laughs> oh my god, has anyone survived the the Rick and Morty Reddit page? Never gone to it.
0: No, like, don't care to.
1: Do you just get swallowed by the self-wanking? Never look
0: at another guy's portal gun history, man. Isn't wanking uh, self-implied? I mean, you can wank someone else. I didn't mean it as in the actual physical. I meant more of like a... He knew that, Chris. He Kane understood what you meant. And and decided to be an asshole about it.
1: Wait, Kane was being an <laughs> asshole? This is so out of character. I. Can't we should it. wrap
0: this episode up. This has gone on for a long time. Too long. That's how I feel about my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, wrap us up. Let's do this so yeah. I can jump in the furnace. Thank you for listening, if indeed you still are. God, this went on for a while. Uh, don't forget to go to wegiveyoubrainworms.com, where you can support us with your money and find a link to our other projects get into our funky fresh discord server where chris will hurt your feelings where chris will hurt
1: your oh, feelings oh, <laughs> i have one last parting thought oh my god chris. no this is important and you'll agree when you hear it so before when i said hey david you know you get joke of the episode well now that you said that you know that was a tingler i would like to retroactively award chuck tingle joke of the episode
0: hell yeah fair enough we're sorry super I'm,
1: super sorry i'm sorry for saying things you sorry.
0: Usually, oh, hugely man, sorry should be hugely oh man this was a time we're so sorry i'm going to push the button now
2: the one that opens the door
0: this has been a production of brainworms presents any
1: copyrighted content contained within is used for purposes of review Brainworms podcast is David Combs, Kane Magdalene, Christian Schaefer, and Joseph Wells. The theme music is Hodgepodge, number one, by Brian Davis. If you like what you heard and can support us and learn about our other projects at wegiveyoubrainworms.com or by leaving a review on your favorite listening app.